Merry Christmas, everybody. I appreciate a lot of churches you'll pass by today and the parking lots will be full. There are a couple of um, holidays that at least I could say we're consistent. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Father, we're gathered in the name of Jesus. So Lord, in this moment, would you please have your way. Let us forget everything. Let us empty ourselves of ourselves in this moment. Let us have fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. Lead God and direct us. Heal us. Give us spiritual insight. Reveal your truth to us. Help us to empty ourselves of ourselves that we might receive whatever it is that you would have for us to receive today. Lord God, help this Christmas not to be something that is tradition or routine or But Lord, let this also be another one of those spiritual markers for us. Lord, let us us go deeper with you. I pray, Father, for healing. That you would heal those among us who are sick. That you would heal our physical bodies, that you would give us strength. Father, I pray that you would bind up the broken hearts as only you can. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us with the power of your might. Father, help us to recognize that we have weaknesses and Where we're weak, you're strong. Help us to be more dependent on your strength instead of trying to muster strength up on our own. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Okay, I'm going to start off with a question. And it's not a trick question. Why was Jesus born? Why did he come to earth? To save us. Anything else? To free us. Amen. And, you know, those are all right, uh, right answers to the question. When I first started studying, when I really felt impressed of the Lord or pushed on a little bit by the Holy Spirit, you know, that question came to mind as part of, um, I think, what the Lord would deliver today. And so I started writing some stuff down. I, had, I, have, I got my little notepad I try to keep around. You know, why did Jesus come? Heal, save that which was lost, reveal truth, bring light, bring peace, reconcile many back to God, bring good news, show the love of God toward us, pay the price for our sin, give us victory over death. Those are, those are just some, and it's not all inclusive. I want to, um, gosh, I, I struggled with this because there, I, I'm, I'm always one who wants to give you all of these scriptures so that you can, you know, I'm trying to exegete from the scripture 
instead of giving you my opinion. I'm going to give you some scriptures today, but not a lot. Um, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, let me go on. John 3.16, probably one of the most well-known scriptures that there, that there is. And, and for a long time you saw it on TV. Whenever they scored a touchdown or something, there would be inevitably a banner that said John 3.16 on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know, in that converse, that's part of the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, one who was a, a spiritual or I should say a religious leader of his time. And, and Nicodemus came to Jesus. Obviously, he, was, you know, it, he said to Jesus, there, there's no question that you came from God. No one could, could do the things you do unless he comes from God. And Jesus cut him off. And, and, and Jesus continued on and on John 3, 3. You know, Verily I say unto you, no one could be, uh, see the kingdom of God unless he becomes born again. And then later on in the chapter, that's where we see this. We also see that Jesus says that he came into the world not to condemn it, but to save it. Amen. Right? But he also said in that chapter that the world is already condemned. People who don't believe are already condemned. See, Jesus had to come because the world was already condemned. All humanity was lost in sin and trespass already. Right? So now, why would I say that on Christmas morning, to a group of people, more than likely everybody in this room is saved, or at least they know that much? Because I think that over a period of time, we've, we've lost that. And so, you know, the presentation becomes more like, hey, you know, you can go ahead and have a religious aspect of your life, and that's a good thing. It's, it helps the morality. It's, it gives us a guidance, a moral compass. It makes us may, maybe more rounded or better people. But no, that's not just it. The reason we go to Jesus is because we're lost and dying without him, period. Amen. That's it. And sometimes I, I feel like maybe even as a Christian, I don't fear death and I don't... I don't want anybody to leave here thinking that, you know, what Tony said was, you know, we need to be always cognizant that, you know, death is just knocking at our door. No, not, not at all. But I really, sometimes I need to remind, I think I need to be reminded anyway, just how serious my situation was before Jesus saved me. That that was a serious situation. And then see, now as a Christian, if I could understand that, if I can understand that, then maybe I will be a little bit more diligent in serving him so that others, especially those in my family or those who I say that I love, are not lost. Amen. See, my brothers and sisters, that's, that's a problem for me. That's a, that's a big problem for me. Because there are no, there's no doubt in my mind, if you're anything like me, you're going to gather this holiday, and many holidays for that matter, but you're going to gather this holiday with people in your own family who are not saved. Amen. You're going to gather with people um, either at the office or whatever. You're going to enjoy maybe a Christmas party or some kind of gathering that is uh, prompted or uh, is relative to the Christmas season, and there are going to be many, many people there who are not saved. And you're going to enjoy their company, and, and as well you should. And, and you know what? You're going to, but my brothers and sisters, I've I got to understand as a Christian the gravity of the situation, and I'm called to be salt and light. Now, I've got to remember that I was saved from sure death. And that just because someone that I love, who I have an affection for, some, that someone, if they're not born again, they are condemned already. 
It's not, let's go, let's wait and see. No, the Bible plainly says that they are condemned already. Jesus came to save a world that was already lost. He came to save people who are already destined for eternal damnation. Hmm. Okay. Luke. This is so familiar to us, especially this time of year. Beginning in verse 8, Luke 2, 8. Now there were in, in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel, the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. My brothers and sisters, within that, Within that, we see several um, other examples of why Jesus came to earth to bring great joy. Because Jesus came, yeah, I'm, I'm joyous. I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed that I have salvation. I understand now because of uh, what I know, what's been real, revealed to me in the Holy Spirit, that the world is lost and dying and I've been saved from that. That brings me joy. But I don't have to wait until I stand in front of God and, and He says, come on in. Uh-uh. I can experience the joy of that now. Amen? Even in the middle of bad circumstances or situations, there is born to you in the city of David a Savior. He's my Savior. Why did Jesus come to earth? To bring me joy, to reveal that there's good news, there's joy. He came to me to, to be my Savior, obviously. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Now, did that mean that there was going to be a lack of war from that point forward? There would be no more war? Of course not. There have been many, 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 many wars fought between then and now. No. Peace between us and God. Amen? Goodwill toward men. God is showing you. God is showing you how He cares about you. Amen? Further, in Luke, in chapter 4, beginning verse 18, this is the first recorded message that Jesus preached. Very short and sweet. You all wish that I would keep it the same way, just like He did. Ain't going to happen. 4.18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, he read right out of Isaiah. And my brother sister, he said, I'm telling you, that is being fulfilled right now. Right here, right now. But what is? He showed you. Here is why I'm here. I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. To the poor? Yeah. There's, no, there's not going to be Exclusivity. This is not something for a certain groups of people. This is for all people. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Why did Jesus come? To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to captives. Yeah, you know, my brothers and sisters, uh, sometimes it's difficult for all of us 
especially those of us who are in ministry, to, 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 to somehow let people know, especially in this culture that we live in, that you are a slave to your sin. That you are a slave to your own wants and desires. The fleshly, you are a slave and the enemy of our soul knows that. And that's what he tempts us with, those fleshly lusts and desires. Gosh, people make millions and millions of dollars and prosper based on appealing to our wants and our desires, our lusts. How do I know that? Absolutely. Now, look at the millions of dollars that are spent for Super Bowl ads. Why do they spend that kind of money? Because they know they're going to get a return on it. If they say things a certain way and present it a certain way, it's appealing to an appetite that we have in our flesh. So in, in, in a lot of ways, or actually specifically, we are a slave and he came to set us free so that we would be at liberty. God is good. Hebrews 9.12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. When I was talking uh, to Michelle at home about this message, you know, I talked about the same thing. I was asking her, what did Jesus come for? And I see where, you know, testing myself a little bit to see. But, and, and, and she said, obviously salvation. She named a lot of them. And then I said, redemption. Well, yeah, that's salvation. And, and that's true. But it's more, I, I just, redemption says something different. Number one, redemption. We belonged to him. The human race belonged to him, but we fell. So he came to redeem that which was lost. And redeemed means that he, he, he did something. It wasn't just, he. Re, let me see. I, I don't know. When I was a kid, I used to have, remember Coca-Cola used to come in glass bottles. Remember that? Redeemed. That's right. You go, you drink the Coke, you turn it back in and you get a nickel. I think it was a nickel. Anybody can help me out? You, you turn it back in, you get a nickel back for the, that's redeemed. I, I went ahead and I, see, that's what Jesus did. Jesus traded his life for mine. Amen. See, it wasn't just the fact that... See, he, he didn't just de- determine that I was saved. He didn't just all of a sudden say, okay, he's going to believe... If you would just believe on me, you're going to be saved. Or if you believe the words that I say... You're, no, there was a price that had to be paid. There was something that had to happen. It, what he did was he gave his life for my life. Amen. He paid that price that I could never pay. But in order for him to be an acceptable redeeming value for me, he had to live a perfect life and that's exactly what he did. He lived a perfect life under God according to God's law. He lived a perfect life from the inside out. He just didn't do something by tradition or by custom. He just didn't obey laws externally. He knew what the laws meant. He knew that the laws spoke to something that was inside not just what was on the outside. He lived it because he had it in him. Amen? He redeemed me. Jesus came for my redemption. I want to go back to the Old Testament for a moment. By the way, in Isaiah where Jesus quoted and what I'm about to quote out of Isaiah 9, you know, that was, a, the, that was approximately 800 years before Jesus actually came. 
800 years. And it happened exactly as he said it would happen. In Isaiah 9 two, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them light has shined. Jesus gives us light. Why did he come into the world? To light it up. So that we could see, so that we could perceive, so that we would know. We have hope. We know how to go. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I know how I should go. I'm not sitting in the shadows anymore. I don't even have to. My brother, there's not this. this I'm, I, let me take that back. I'm under his shadow. I want to be under the shadow of his wing. I, we, I want to be under his protection. But I wouldn't be able to perceive that he, had he not shined the light on me and shown me the way. Had he not given me the light of knowledge, the light of, I mean, Jesus lit it up for me. Now I have this perception that I didn't have before. He showed me the way. He's the light. I am the way, the truth. I am the way. We see the way. The way is lit up before him. John eighteen thirty seven. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So this is Jesus now out of his own mouth. He's saying this, for this cause I was born. And for this cause I've come into the world. Why did Jesus come? He's telling you that I should bear witness to the truth. And remember, this, I know some of you know exactly, this is John 18, 37. This is when he was standing before Pilate, when he was accused by the Jews and they wanted him killed. And so he's standing before Pilate. And, and you know, they accused him of pro- proclaiming to be the king of the Jews. And really, they were trying to appeal to the Romans in that way. There's no other king than, than Caesar, you know, and he's claiming that he's a king. And thus, and thus. So I, I love the, I'm just going to, off the my, top of my head here, talk to you a little bit about what, what happened then. So Pilate comes in after talking to the accusers, and he says, are you king of the Jews? And he, Jesus says, now, are you asking me this because of, you know, what they've told you, someone else has told you something? Are you asking this because, see, when, when Jesus is asking the question, he's, he knows the answer already. Is there something in you that says that I might be a king? Is there something in you? I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to add to the scripture here, but I know that Jesus already knows the answer to the question. I know that Jesus already knows that he's being accused of that. But he asks Pilate that question. Jesus says, if this were, my kingdom is of of a different place. If this were my kingdom, if I were a king on this earth, my servants would have come. I would have never been in this position in the first place. My, my, My servants would have come and rescued me. My servants would have made sure that I never got arrested in the first place. But my kingdom is not of this earth. So Pilate says, so you are a king. See, because Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. So he said, I'm a king, just not here. So Pilate says, so you are a king. You said rightly. You said rightly. And he says, for this reason, my brothers and sisters, and then Pilate, Pilate still, I find no fault in this man. But before he says that, he says, what is truth. What is truth? Now you and I have talked about this before, I know from this pulpit and even on your own. 
You know, by that time, the Romans had so many other cultures under subjugation and they take the best of the best. They have, all the, they have the Greeks and they have all of these uh, philosophers and educated people and people who are the deep thinkers of that time and, and all their philosophies and, and you know, what they think, what's, what's the meaning of life, why are we here, what's the purpose and all of those things. And so now you probably have so many opinions and, and Pilate, he, he, he understands this. And he says, okay, well, you know, everybody knows. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody. So what is truth? Jesus. I'm the way, the truth, the life. I am the way, the truth, the life. He's come into the world so that we might know what is truth. That question that Pilate asked, answered in Jesus Christ. Amen? So, all of these, these gifts now, the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. But in Jesus, I have more than that gift, that one thing. Look at all the things that Jesus brought us. That gift that we received on that first Christmas ever was all of those things that I said plus so much more. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Acts 2.38. Remember, this is after Peter preached the first message that was ever preached in the New Testament to the extent... After the Holy Ghost fell, he preached. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the apostles. He preached. And after he preached, it says that they were those people that were in Jerusalem for the holiday who weren't one of the original 120 that were in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. They said, what must we do to be saved? Peter said, all of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And the gift... Well, I'll just say it. 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's another gift. And we know we've studied this together in recent weeks and prior to that many, many times. And you on your own, you know. Jesus said, I have to go. There's the promise of the Father that has to come to you. So when I go, I'm going to send Him. Amen? Awesome. The gift of the Holy Spirit. This is review. I mean, I got a group of Christians in here. This is review. I'm going to go to the, my last scripture because I don't think it's supposed to be last. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says... When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Christmas, since we've been small, has been all about the gifts, hasn't it? The first Christmas, God gave us a gift. He became the gift. And then contained within that gift is everything that we can ever, ever need, ever want, ever, everything that, that makes us completely whole in God. But do we really understand as human beings as Christians do we really understand the fullness of what God gave us do, do we really I mean do I do a good enough job as his minister you know delivering the word so that people can understand how God loves and, and, and really what he's given us and what all we have in Christ or do I just say where we're, where we're, where we're coming short um, you know, 
I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that minister. I want to be the one that tells you that, yeah, you know what? God loves you and He's provided for you. But my brothers and sisters, let's not kid ourselves. If we don't recognize what He's provided, how can we receive it? John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I've come so that people would have life and have it more abundantly. I've come so that people would be able to have a fulfilled life. Not in abundance, not to have plenty. that's, That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, I want them to be rich and wealthy. I want them to have all the material possessions. That's why I came, so that they can have all of that. No, that's, that's not what he's saying. I want them to be able to have a life that's filled. Filled with what? Filled with me. Something that is fulfilled so that they'll have knowledge. Not just of the here and now, but they'll understand that that is all that. Here and now that they'll understand that there's something way bigger and then I'm going to be the light that, in sh- that shines on them. I'm going, to, I'm going to give them the knowledge. I'm going to give them the information. I'm going to give them everything that they need so that they can live this life to its fullest. Not be shortcutted or shortchanged based on the here and now. That's part of the reason why I came that they, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy to make you and I sell short to look at the here and now, to look at satisfying ourselves right here, right now, to look at making us feel good in this moment, which never really fulfills. I, 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 love, this, I love this example because it's just easy. I, I guess it's easy, but I, I love this example. New car. Man, when we get the new car, we love it. We take care of it. It's got that new car smell. They're even, don't they even make a, uh, like a, a scent that makes a new car smell? You can make it smell like that all you want to. It don't look like that. I need a new one. No, but that's not so. I, 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 I'm over that. You know, you guys have seen my Toyota. It's 270-something thousand miles on it, whatever. Michelle says, you need a new truck. Why? This one's still working right now. I'd love to have a new truck, but I don't want the bill that goes with it. <laughs> but are you, are you feeling me? See, so look, we get the new vehicle, and this is good, but then you get the scratch on it. Then we get, you know, it's, just, it's not running quite the same. It's time to put money into it. I don't feel that same affection for it that I did just when I wrote it off the lot. Are, are you with me? Are you with me? The honeymoon is over, baby. That car is just a car, and I'm still paying for it. Right? I know a, a person who really loved their vehicle. They got into a wreck. They don't feel the same about it anymore. Okay, it's, yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced that myself. But you see, that's, that, that's, that's what the thief does. The thief gets us to focus on, the enemy of our soul gets us to focus on what's here, what's now, what satisfies us right here, right now. And so then we miss out on the thing that totally God has planned for us and, he, and He's going to bring us something that fulfills us, that really fills the voids in our life. Are you with me? That's, that's, Jesus brought that. I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. When I was considering this, and even this morning, I, I, I considered the woman at the well. Remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. 
right? You know, you guys know the story. You know, they're, they're, you know, Jesus' disciples are traveling, traveling, or travel through Samaria. You know, they don't have anything to eat. Jesus is sitting down by the well resting. The disciples go in to get something to eat. And then as he's sitting there by the well, the Samaritan woman comes to draw water. And you guys know the Samaritans and the Jews, there was an uh, animus between them. The Samaritans were considered half-breeds. And so anyway, uh, she comes out there and Jesus says, give me something to drink. And she's taken back, first of all, because here's an obvious Jewish rabbi who's speaking to her, and they didn't have any dealings with them. Number one, she's a Samaritan. Number two, she's a woman. But see, look at Jesus came to preach the good news to all, to the poor. Poor in spirit, poor economically. He came and he broke down barriers. The first people that he appeared to after he rose were women. Why? He broke down barriers. He came so that all can receive. And now here's a Samaritan woman. So she's taken back. And so look at in in, in, um, 4.10, John 4.10, Jesus answered her and says, if you knew the gift of God, and who it was who says to you, give me to, a, give me to drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God, if you were able to perceive the gift of God, if you were curious in your mind, if you had something, if, you, if there was anything about you that really wondered or was able to perceive the gift of God, you wouldn't even, that, that would be the furthest thing from your mind. Right now you'd be asking for me to give you the living water. But you, you can't recognize that. See, not being able to recognize the gift. And I'm not just talking... Now, look, I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm, I think everybody in here, mostly everybody, if not everybody, has already recognized who Jesus is. But what about recognizing the fullness of the gift that is in Him? What about receiving everything that Jesus is? That's what I'm talking about. So now, sometimes we fail to recognize because we're selling short or because the enemy of our soul has distracted us or whatever the case may be, but sometimes we're just not recognizing. Like this Samaritan woman, she could not recognize the gift of God and who it was that was standing in front of her asking for something to drink. Because Jesus himself, if you could do that, you would be asking me for what you need, not for what you think you need. You'd be asking me for living water. Not for this water that you're going to get satisfied for a little while, but you've got to keep coming back to this well to get it. You'd be asking me for the spiritual, not for the temporal. Come on now. Boy, that's deep right there. You'd be asking me for something spiritual. You'd be asking me for the eternal, not for the temporal. Amen? So we don't recognize. We're not looking. We're preoccupied with the here and now. You know, we're, we're, we're not looking, maybe, look at, we know that she had some kind of a knowledge, some kind of religious knowledge, right? Because they go on and they have a conversation. After he tells her about, you know, uh, yeah, the, the one you're with now, you've been with five. And the one you're with now is not your husband, you're shacking up. And all of a sudden, hey, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> There's something. And so she starts talking to him about their religious beliefs, you know, you Jews say you should worship in Jerusalem. You know, we, we, our fathers say up in this mountain. She understood at Jacob and recognized Jacob as their father. 
Our father Jacob dug this well or gave us this well. Are you greater than him? Remember that? So she has a knowledge of Jehovah. But now, my brothers and sisters, the knowledge that she has, she's obviously not maybe pursuing greatly. So now she's not able to receive. Why? Because she's looking in the wrong places. How do I know she's looking in the wrong places? She's had five husbands. She's had five husbands. She's looking for that void to be filled. She's looking for that satisfaction in the wrong place. She's looking for another human being to supply that. Are you with me? Come on now. She's at a well getting water and she's going to to start having this conversation about these beliefs, these traditions that are not totally true. We worship on that mountain. You say Jerusalem. My brothers and sisters, she has a knowledge that there's supposed to be this prophet that comes or this Messiah that comes. But she does, she's not fully aware of what he's going to look like. Uh, are, you, are, are you with me? She's looking for satisfaction. She's looking for fulfillment in the wrong places. Therefore, she can't recognize the gift of God standing in front of her. She's doing it according to the natural. She's doing it according to tradition, her religion. Sometimes we don't recognize the need for the gift. The need for the gift. Remember the church at Laodicea. You say that you're rich, in need of nothing. You you can't even see that you're blind, you're naked, you're wretched. You can't even see your own destitution. Why? Because they're basing their whole attitude on they have what they need. They're comfortable, they're living well. So we're okay. Everything's okay. They don't recognize their need. Well, these are already Christians. They're talking about the church. My brothers and sisters, listen. Remember what Jesus told them. I know you. You're not hot or cold. You're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'm spitting you out of my mouth. Does that sound like they were in close relationship with Jesus to you? No. Of course not. And so he says to them, you, are, you can't even recognize the need for me anymore. Why? Because you've become wealthy, because you have what you need, because you're comfortable. So you no longer recognize how much you really need me. That's why I started the sermon with what I said. My brothers and sisters, I want to know that I know that I know that if it wasn't for him, I'd be dead. That same condemnation that's on the rest of the world was on me. He saved me from that. Hallelujah. And I am just as in much need of Him right now as I was when I first came to Him. He's still my gift. He's still my precious gift. Amen? And it doesn't matter how He blesses me right now. I want to tell you, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed with much more than I ever thought I would be. Man, I'm blessed with a great wife who is an accountant. I can't even write it. I got to get the checkbook from her and I got to ask permission and, and I got to know and then I give it right back to her because I don't want to mess it up. Now y'all think I'm, I'm not making that up. I'm serious. I don't want she, she want, hey, you want the, the ATM, the bank card? No. I do not want one of those. You've been handling everything just right. I don't mind asking you for money when I need some. I don't mind asking you if I could borrow the checkbook. I don't, mi- I don't mind that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I don't mind you managing everything. I want to tell you right now, if the Lord called Michelle home before me, I'm in deep trouble. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm in... Listen, I don't want for anything. Anything. But I need Him. And all of that I have is because of Him. I couldn't achieve anything. I wasn't worthy of Michelle. Your time is coming, Mike. Your, your, your time is coming. Right? Darn, I was expecting it from up here somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we don't, but, but my brothers and sisters, but we don't recognize, that's pride. Amen. Pride. Don't recognize our need. You know what? Oh, I'm, I get these deep revelations from God. I'm, you know, I get these messages and you know, see how God has put some stuff together and all of a sudden, power. this is so good. Yeah, where did you get the revelation from? That little pea brain that you got? No. no. That kind of, uh, listen, that impure heart that you have, did you get it from there? No. No, despite the pea brain and despite that heart that sometimes betrays you, He blessed you. Amen. That's a gift from God. Amen. That's a gift from God. Hallelujah. Don't let your pride get in the way. Don't let your perceived need for nothing. You're comfortable. You've got the job. The job is blessing you. That job could disappear tomorrow. Amen. What happens? You know, all this stuff that's happening on Wall Street now and this and that and all this stuff that's happening in the world. This, the next thing can happen and everything can come falling down. The economy is good. It's going like gangbusters right now. And we got all this political garbage gaga going back and forth. All it's going to take is for one person to decide to pull the chain. It's all over. Amen. Then what? Oh, you'll get on your knees then, I'll guarantee you. We'll be looking for him then. And I'm not criticizing, that's a good time to look for him. But my brothers and sisters, that's not the only... See, if we're looking at this world, if we're looking at that job, if we're looking at that person as being the one who's providing, as being the one who is blessing, we're going to miss it. And I'm going to tell you something, if you're proclaiming to be a Christian, it's going to come crashing down one time because God said He's not sharing His glory with nobody. So if you're glorifying somebody or something, it's not going to be long-lived. I'm going to tell you that right now. He will not share His glory. I also considered, you know, in this message, I was considering John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist. John who was unbelievable. Who, who Jesus said, uh, you know, as, uh, as it relates to uh, men, anybody who was ever born, there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. No one ever greater than John the Baptist. You know, he received revelation from God while he was in his mother's womb. Hey, you know that. That's right. Cause, no, because I read it. Right? It said when, when Mary and Elizabeth greeted each other, Elizabeth confessed that the, the baby in her leaped. He did a backflip in her womb when he heard Mary's voice. He was... Not, come on! Isn't that right? Awesome. And you know, he said... That God revealed to him. God told him, I'm going to, do, I'm going to show you the one. The one and, and sure enough, when Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended him on him like a dove. Like a dove, not a dove. A dove did not descend on. No pigeons landed on Jesus when he came up out of that water. It was the Holy Spirit that descended on him like a dove. It wasn't a dove. 
But it, but, but whatever it was that lighted on him, John recognized it. And then John even confessed the next day in front of people, behold the Lamb of God. He knew who Jesus was. Even before Jesus was born, and even before he was born, he knew who Jesus was. But now he's in prison. Now he's languishing in prison. And he's hearing about these things that Jesus is doing, the things that are being done. But he sends messengers. And he says, go and ask him if he's the one or should we wait for another. What? What? What happens if what we see, that gift, is not what we expected? What happens? Are we still in a position, can we receive it, but it wasn't what we were expecting? Will we have faith for it? Because see, John is now, after all of that revelation that he got from God, there's no question about it. And then he asks this question, why? Because this gift is not what he expected. Some, he's, he's in the middle of a circumstance now. And he's, he's hearing all of these supernatural things. He's, he's hearing this stuff, but he's seeing something different. You know, maybe his perception was that of, of everybody. Or maybe he was thinking that the Messiah would come and he would take a throne. He would maybe go ahead and set up the kingdom on earth. Maybe he didn't fully understand. Because, you know, one of the things that Jesus said was after he bragged to the people about John the Baptist, he said how great he was, but he couldn't compare to the least who was in the kingdom. See, Jesus, my brothers and sisters, he didn't go, he didn't die for John's sins yet. He didn't, listen, there was none righteous, no, not one. As great a man as God professed through Jesus Christ, as great a man as God professed who John the Baptist was, he still wasn't worthy of heaven. Why? flesh. He had to be reconciled back to God through the blood of Jesus. He was not yet redeemed. He was not yet redeemed. The price had not been paid. So maybe he, in that moment, as much of the Holy Spirit revelation that he had, but in that moment he could not fully understand what that kingdom of God was all about. That it was totally a kingdom of That was an eternal kingdom. Totally a kingdom that was not of this earth. Hallelujah. And he was still expecting a deliverer to deliver Jewish people and maybe all people so they would be under no subjugation at all except to God. Maybe he expected the millennial reign to take place then. Maybe. I don't know. But I know that it wasn't the gift that he was expecting. How do I know that? Because he said, is he the one? Should we wait for another? Are we expecting? And, and could you imagine now, listen, part of, part of his, his situation, in fairness to John, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's sitting in a stinky old, dirty, dark dungeon of a prison. 
He's not like in the prisons that we see now. You know, they get the phone, they get the TV, they, you, know, they get, you know, they get their meals and all this. He, you know, this man is in a dirty old stinky... You know, I don't even know if he's getting three square meals a day. I don't know if he's getting a meal every day. I don't know. I know that it's dirty, it's ugly, it's stinky. I know that. My brothers and sisters... So he's in the middle of this situation, in the middle of this circumstance, and he's, he's hearing about this stuff, and he's, but it's this gift that God sent. It's, is, is this it? In the middle of this, if, if, if this was really it, would I be in the middle of this? Come on now. If Jesus was the Jesus that Tony preached, or if Jesus, if Jesus was real in my life, would I be in the middle of this situation? <laughs> the Apostle Peter said it well. He said, don't think it's strange when you're going through fiery trials and tests. Don't think it's strange. It's going to happen. Amen? In fact, you should probably think it's strange if everything is hunky-dory and there's no trials or tests. Because you've probably been conquered already and there's no need to test or try. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm teasing with you. Have you ever been disappointed with a gift on Christmas? Have you ever? Oh, I'm hearing some laughing. I'm hearing many times. But no, think about this for a minute. Have you ever been disappointed with a gift? Okay. I remember you know, one of the first times when we were up north um, at Regent Park, you know, we did this, you know, our whole company-wide, we did this gift exchange thing. We drew names and all that. And so I got this guy that drew my name. He's a nice guy. I used to tease with him a love. He was, in, he was one of the guys in charge of the real estate division. And forgive me, but I just can't remember his name. But I always used to, his name was Nick. That's what I remember because I used to call him Nick the Quick. <laughs> Nick. So I called him Nick. And he was, and he drew my name. So we're at this, you know, gathering. And, you know, so it's time for me to pick up mine that he gave to me. I open it up. And it's one of those chia things. Yeah. And this is not a white elephant gift. I mean, he was serious. He thought I might like this. And, and here's his reasoning. Well, you grow grass. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I grow grass and I want to go home and I want to try and grow some plants on the top of somebody's head. This little statue, whatever it is. See, you know, you know and it was funny. I mean, I, I laughed about it a little bit. But, but when I opened the box, the anticipation wasn't that. Are you with me? Right? I'm going to tell you this one. I'm going to tell you, me and Michelle are a dispute over this. She told me don't tell it. Because she remembers this story much differently than I do. But I'm telling you, what I'm saying, it happened. I'm just saying. It happened. She's shaking her head no already. Listen, me and Michelle, we were officially engaged, engaged on Christmas. A long time ago, not this last one. A long time ago. And so um, I bought her a ring well in advance. In fact, I remember it like it was yesterday. Her sister Jennifer came to the store with me, and she was all giddy and excited. It was awesome, man. It was just awesome. But I made the mistake. I told my sister, and my sister ratted me out. And I had a feeling. I wasn't for sure, but I had a feeling that my sister told Michelle what I got her for Christmas. And so it came time to exchange these gifts, you see. And so what I did was I got a bigger box like this, and I filled it up with paper and nothing else. So, comes time to give her... Now, I gave her the box, and she gave a look like, what's this? She'll say no, but she looked at that box, and I saw the look on her face. It was like, what's this? Then she opened the box, and now she's sifting through it, and nothing but torn up paper. And she's like, you know, where is it? Like, it's... mm -mm. 
So then I didn't remember this part. She told me this part. She said, I used to roll up straws and make rings out of them. So I gave her a ring box, but it had a rolled up straw in it. <laughs> she was disappointed. I'm telling you, she, she was expecting something. She's saying, oh, Eddie, don't look at her. Don't even look at her. Oh, and even this morning, we're going back and forth. She, I knew it. I just knew it. I knew it. Well, if you knew it, then why were you so disappointed looking when you were opening up these packages? Because you're, no, don't say it. Lord, in the name of Jesus. No. <laughs> because, and I because your sister already told me. Yeah, I got a Veloci for a family. What are you going to do? So, so watch. So now I'm looking at, I'm, I'm, th- I'm going to trick her. But she has this expectation. Right? And she's ready for it. So now, you know, let's, let's transfer that to John. He has this expectation. And he's ready for it. Especially now while he's in this situation. He's ready for it. So, so my brothers and sisters, how many times as Christians have we been in situations and we're ready for this gift? We want to open up this package and we want to say to the devil, pay But it, that when we open the pack, it's not what we expected. And so what happens, man? You know, we get disappointed. And then we, well, it, it's not going to happen for me. Well, yeah, when you have that attitude, it will never happen for you. Because you're not walking by faith, you're walking by sight. And that's exactly what the enemy of your soul and mind is trying to do. is to nullify the gift that God gave us. He's never going to take Jesus out of your life. But if he can get you looking at other things, you will never get the fullness of the gift that he gave you. Hallelujah. I remember this one too. When I was a kid, I remember one Christmas. We used to, my mom and uh, my mom's family and my dad's family lived in close proximity. So we do to go to my um, father's family's house and there was a bigger family there and had all cousins and my father had three brothers and they had kids and we'd all Christmas was a great time and I, lo- I have so many great Christmas memories as I'm sure a lot of you do if not all of you but the fam- that was a family time the, the kids would be out in the kitchen on the kitchen table eating and the uh, big Italian feast man I'm telling you Grandma and Grandma Faye and Grandpa I mean I'm sorry Grandma Angie and Grandpa Carmine they could cook and so could Grandma Faye, by the way. That's my mother's mother, who a lot of you met. But anyway, long story short, there would be uh, in the kitchen, the kids would be around a t- big table, and then in the dining room, the adults would be around the big table. Pop and Grandma and, and all the uncles and aunts and everybody. And, and man, it was awesome. But the kids couldn't eat fast enough because after we eat and the dishes are done, open up the presents. And that was the tradition. So the kids would eat, 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 and then we'd start collecting the dishes. We'd start clearing the place for the... Man, I, I, it wouldn't be uncommon for one of the kids to grab a dish while the uncle was still eating out of it. <laughs> We're, we want the presents. We, no, this anticipation. And you know what? This is what... Oh, wow, I can't wait to get... And so I remember one year... Um, I can't remember how old I was. I think it was six or seven. I cannot remember, so please forgive me for that. But anyway, I was the oldest of the grandchildren. And I had a cousin who was just under me. His name was Joe. And uh, then several cousins underneath that. So one year, I mean, my, my uh, grandmother got, gave out the gifts, and Grandma gave Joe, he opens up this present, he gets this beautiful watch. I remember, man, that's, that's nice, you know. I opened up mine, and it was a woolen hat. 
you're laughing. My heart is still, still breaking right now. I mean, I got choked up just saying that. <laughs> Grandma, I love you. No, so she, there was there was no question about it. Joe was her favorite, but she gave no. There's no question. No, that that was a, that was there was no hiding that. No, but I didn't expect that. So you know, I get this woolen hat. And it's, uh, I was then, I, I really liked the football. I, I still do, but I was a big Washington Redskins fan just because of Larry Brown. Larry Brown was a great running back. I loved him. And so I had, so she bought me this Washington Redskins woolen hat. Broke my heart. Why? Because I, you know, I saw that. And I'm expecting a gift that would be, and I said, and, and I told the story to Michelle, and she, she can't get out of here, you baby. Get. No, she didn't. No, but I said, you know, now if he would have got a woolen hat, I wouldn't have been brokenhearted. Why? Because I'm comparing. And then my comparison had this certain expectation. Are you with me? I, I, how many times in the recent um, past here at church where I really believe the Lord has laid upon my heart to share with you. Man, comparing each other with each other is foolishness. Both from the standpoint of I'm better than them or the standpoint they're better than me. It's foolishness. Jesus is our measuring stick. Jesus is who we compare each other with and to. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, I, I just you, you see that comparison that's made, and we have this expectation and, and these disappointments because of these expectations, and because we're not, you know, we won't, we refuse to recognize the gift because we're we're distracted and we have tradition, and it's it may listen. I'm going backwards here a little bit. We don't recognize the gift, not because deep down in our hearts we don't realize, but I think we're going to have to give something up if we do. I'm going to have to change something if I do. So I don't want to see that. I don't want to acknowledge that. I'm just going to look this way right here. Are you with me? But he's given us such a real and precious gift. And because we refuse to acknowledge it or because we might be disappointed or because we might have to change or because we're expecting something different, we never receive the fullness of the gift that he gave us. Amen? I'm going to go to, uh, to, Luke, to Luke 7.22. I'm going back again. Now, this is the, the response that Jesus gave to John's messengers. Okay? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Remember the question, are you the one? Or should we wait for another? Go and tell John what you are seeing and hearing. Amen. Go and tell John. Is there any way that we can recognize that we received this gift? Yeah. Jesus just said, the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised, poor have the gospel preached to them. Okay, some of us have seen some of these types of miracles done in church services where we've been involved in, you know, whatever, small meetings, whatever it was. Some of us have not. Have we? We may have not seen this stuff done in the physical realm. But let me tell you something. If you were blind and Jesus restored your sight 
or you were blind, but Jesus let, opened your spiritual eyes, what would you prefer? Now, it's easy for me to make that choice because I'm not blind. But knowing what I know about Jesus, knowing what I know about the gift of God, knowing what I know about eternity, and I'm going to see forever after I leave this earth. I'm seeing forever. After I leave this earth, I'm no more back problems. After I leave this earth, no more heartbreaks, no more heartaches. So am I going to go ahead and just base it on the here and now? No. Blind see. There are things that you see that you didn't see before. And you have that because of God's Holy Spirit in you, because of the Holy Spirit. There are things that you see. The lame walk. Well, I don't know of anybody in this room that doesn't have the, you know, a disability that's severe enough where they can't walk. Some of us, including me, are having it a little bit. If I sit down for a while, an involuntary sound comes out of my mouth when I get up sometimes. It's like, oh! There have been people that have been, physically have been miraculously healed that could not walk, that could walk. But what about, what about spiritually? I didn't know which way to walk. Oh, I can walk, but my walk was not the walk that he provided for me. I wasn't walking according to, to the path that he laid before me. He'd given me ability to walk the way he's called me to walk. The deaf hear. Man, I didn't have the ability before to hear the still small voice. I've, I've been able to hear my whole life. It's starting to get a little bad now. What do you say, Michelle? Remember I told you sometimes when we're in the movie, she, she can't see as good. If there's subtitles, I've got to tell her what the subtitles say. If they're talking a little low, I've got to ask her what they're saying. <laughs> if we make a good team, though. <laughs> but no, think, think. I've never suffered that. But before I knew Jesus, and before I put my expectation on Him, I could not hear that still small voice. Come on now. Am I, am I taking great latitude here? Somebody tell me. Some of you ministers tell me. Am I taking great latitude here? No, this is spiritual. The dead are raised. I know I was dead. I know I was lost and dying. He said, Tony, come forth. And I answered the call. I came up out of that. The condemnation was already all over me. But when I became a believer, there was no more condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Hallelujah. The poor have the gospel preached to them. My brothers and sisters, Jesus showed us that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it, who you did it with. It doesn't matter what the rest of society says or how they classify you. The gospel, the good news of the kingdom is available to everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even someone like me. Are you, are you there? Do you see this gift? This gift, I want to go back to Ephesians 4, but to each one of us, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift, his own life. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, I could, I could go in. We can go in. We could talk about the spiritual fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5. And I could talk about those things that God has now blessed me with because of His Spirit, right? 
love, joy, peace, those things that I am now in possession of by the Spirit. Amen? We can also talk in um, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We could talk about charisma gifts, speaking in tongues, laying hands on the healing, all of those things that God has given us. Are they still for today? Absolutely. Do I need them? Yes, absolutely. He wouldn't have gave them to me if I didn't. All of those things that I have, these gifts that He's given me, the most important one is love. Love. So I open up my gift. This, Michelle's getting back at me for the uh, ring thing. Holy mackerel. So I still stay diligent and determined that I'm going to open this gift. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I open it up and I say, wow, this is awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you for pouring your love out on me who didn't deserve it. Thank you for the light that you've given me. You lit up my path. Thank you for giving me this ability to walk now according to this path that you've now lit up for me. Thank you for the healing, my spiritual healing. Thank you for my physical healing. Lord God, thank you for strengthening me. Father, thank you for all this fruit. Thank you for allowing me to have joy even in the middle of bad. Even though my heart is broken, I'm going to have joy. Thank you, Lord, that it doesn't look like I'm going to have money to pay the next bill, but you're my provider. Thank you. Thank you that you said you're going to sustain me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to hear what you say. Even if you're speaking lowly and I can't hear very good my natural ears, I can still hear you. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your love in my heart by your Spirit. And so now, I got this gift, Lord. So what do I do with it? What do I do with this gift? I know what I'll do. Amen. I'm going to share what you gave me. I'm going to share. Well, you don't need. No, I'm going to share. I'm going to share what you gave me. I'm going to share. No, no. I got to share. You could later. I'm going to share what you gave me. I'm going to share. And if you don't like, you give it to somebody else. I'm going to share. Sorry. I'm going to share what you gave me. I'll get that mark. I'm going to share. I'm going to share the goodness, the sweetness. I'm going to share the provision, the love. I'm going to share. I'm going to share. Amen. 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 The love of God shed abroad in our hearts. This Christmas, let's forget the here and now. Let's put aside all of that. Let's not worry about necessarily what we did or did not get, except, it, Michelle, I'm still expecting something. No, let's not, no, let's, not, let, let's not put the emphasis on that. But instead, my brothers and sisters, let's focus in on the gift that was given to us. And look, 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 look. I know, listen, I know that I'm, I'm, I want to say this, please help me. For those of us that were together on Wednesday, listen, please, give me your attention. For those that were together on Wednesday, we talked about going deeper 
with God. I want to go deeper with him. I want to, why? Because I want to be a spiritual giant. I want to have a big ministry. And I want you guys, I want people flying in and out of here. No, no. I want to go deeper with him so that I could experience more of this gift, more of this abundant life, this fullness, this fulfillment that he's provided for me. Amen? Amen. 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 That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Now, if you want to do the same thing, stand with me, please.